Gentlemen, welcome to the 3CR Gardening Program. Uh, I'm Stephen Ryan, who is, or has been part of this program for I don't know how many years now, but never been on this side of the desk, so you'll have to forgive me if we blow things up a bit and, you know, make some things not happen exactly right. Uh, I have Dixonia Rare Plants at Mount Macedon and the new YouTube station, uh, The Haughty Culturalists. <laughs> um, and today with me uh, on the panel, we have Penny Woodward, who of course is a stalwart uh, and is editor of Organic Gardener, and good morning, Penny. Hi, Stephen. It's horticultural editor. Horticultural editor, no, sorry. Oh, he's sleeping and he won't know. It's lovely to be here. It's been really strange driving up this morning and... Um, Having not done this for more than a year and a bit. Uh, Exactly, it's It's just just been bizarre for us all, I think. Very odd. But it is so nice to be here. 
Nice to be live. Yes. It's been a bit weird thinking that... Being a podcast is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And but being repeated for 12 months, you know, yeah. that you've been saying things that you've completely forgotten about, but sounds fresh to everybody else. So, <laughs> oh, dear. So anyway, so look... We manage. Yeah, so and amazing. hasn't it been an amazing summer? Oh, I, I just love this with, summer. With the extra water and the growth and the... I mean, my and the green tomatoes. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm just starting to get some right yeah. ones. But, yeah, and it, it's just been wonderful. So it's to a totally different season mm. to 12 months ago, and so that's yeah. great. And we have a new guest on board who hopefully we won't frighten to Billy-O and uh, she will come back again, Jane Tonkin, a long-time friend. How are you, Jane? I'm good, thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, Jane runs Tonkin's Bulbs uh, up in the hills in Sylvan area. And uh, if anybody's seen Jane's... Um, Price lists, her catalogues. Uh, it is a candy shop for gardeners, is it not? <laughs> um, well, I'd like to think so. I, I, I think I like the candy shop um, type of thing. That's great. Uh, yes, we do have um, a very extensive list of things at the moment, which are mostly spring, spring and uh, summer flowering mm-hmm. things, but a lot of uh, autumn flowering things too. So if you can get in early enough, yeah, you can the still... the autumn bulbs are still... Yes. Most are still dormant. Yes. yes, and very, very exciting because, as Penny said, with all the beautiful rain, all those uh, autumn flowering mm-hmm. bulbs are just loving it. Yeah. yeah. So well, I have to say, although not strictly a bulb, my cyclamen are yes. popping up all over the place and looking stunning at the moment. Well, that... that Sounds really bad to cope with, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, look, I always say to people, no matter how small your garden is, you should have three acres of cyclamen. Well, <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> yes. I, I, think, yeah. I think we should make that mandatory yes. across Victoria. Yeah. Yes, yes I, that's paraphrasing a, a very pompous English horticulturalist <laughs> who once upon a time said, no matter how small your garden is, you should have three acres of woodland. Yes, which, I, which I, I, I agree. <laughs> and, and I think you should have three acres of galanthus. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yes. So you, yes, nothing exce- uh, succeeds like excess. Yes, yes, I always think. Mm. All right, well, we're on board. We're running. Uh, I might mention the um, phone numbers so that people can get in touch with us because we'd love to hear from somebody this morning. Uh, if you wanted to ring us on air and have a chat to Jane, Penny and myself, uh, you can ring on 9419 0155 and our off-air off number is 94198377. So don't leave us sitting in the studio all by ourselves this morning. I will try and get calls up when they come in and we can have a chat to you about any of your gardening um, requirements. Hopefully not too many nasty issues that we'll have to deal with, but we'll do our very, very best. So, all right. We've got it to ourselves for a little while until some phone calls come through. Um, Penny, why don't you start with something that you'd like to tell us about? Okay. Well, I'd like to tell you about the new edition of Organic Gardener magazine. Funnily enough. Which is a gorgeous edition. Um, It's dealing specifically with heirlooms, so encouraging people to grow heirlooms for all sorts of different reasons. Um, But we're also looking at seed saving, so... Um, it's a, it's something that we all need to do a bit of and be able to replant our, our own, um, our own seeds. Karen Sutherland, who, um, I'm sure is coming back to 3CR mm, at, at so. some point. Yes. yes. Even though she's temporarily moved to the north of the state. Um, uh, is, has written this wonderful article about cauliflowers. So yeah. I think cauliflowers of the Brassica family are one of the ones that's not really grown 
well enough. And there's so many different ways of using cauliflower. Oh, it's an amazing thing. So So food is my second passion. (laughs) So cauliflower rice, everybody, is is superb. Yeah, and and cauliflower pizza base and cauliflower. There's so many things that you can use it for these days that nobody had even thought about. So, So Karen touches on all of that. Um, there's a really very moving story um, that is an extract about how our environmental scientists are suffering um, because they're having to go out into areas that they've been monitoring for projects and things for decades, some of them, and find them completely burnt or find mm, something that's completely yeah. wrong. And, and, and just their mental health in, in when you're so deeply involved in something like that and you're having to cope and you know, all of us are grieving for what we're losing environmentally. Uh, yes. But you think about being one of these scientists who has invested so much into a particular area or a particular animal mm. or a particular insect or a frog, mm. um, you know, and, and they disappear because of the fire or because of drought or because, you know, and all caused or partly caused by climate change. So yeah. um, that's a really um, moving article, I think, and an, and an important one to recognise. Sounds know, like everybody people. needs to have a read of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's actually out of a book of a lot of um, young scientists writing about things that they're doing. So I I think it's that's well worth looking at too. Um, And there's a lovely extract from a new book called um, The Artisan Kitchen, and this extract is all about drying. So I've been doing with our really last few really hot days. I've been drying a lot of fruit. So instead of trying to preserve it, I've been drying apples. So I just I just get windows. I don't have a dehydrator. I, I just say, get window we screens. Get one of those? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it would probably be easier, but I quite like the idea that I don't need to spend money to do it. It's know? an old-fashioned way of doing yeah. it anyway. It and used to yeah, work before dehydrators absolutely. were made. Indeed. So. so I just get big window screens. I slice the apple, dunk them in lemon juice, and spread them out on these screens. And I now have all these boxes of wonderful oh, dried apples. If so the parrots had left me any, I could have yeah. probably done <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you see, but you don't knit. I know I don't because I so don't like my garden looking like a whole pile of Ina Sharples for anybody <laughs> who remembers Ina Sharples. Uh, that is your own fault. No, it's so an aesthetic thing. I can't help yeah, it. I can't I know, bear but the you look could of net some of them yeah, and could. you could harvest them early. You could do have all yeah. sorts of um, practices that allow you some of <laughs> you it. Could, or you just feed the parrots. Yes, yes which, which yeah. I well, have well, done. I, mean, I, I feed the parrots as well, but the problem is once the parrots identify... <laughs> your trees, they know they're going to be there next year. Oh, yes, so and they live for an awfully long time, most they parrots. They do, yeah. and, and they pass the knowledge on to the next generation uh, yeah, and the yeah, next generation. Well, so every year they'll be coming My back. My trees look nice in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I've had a fabulous harvest of James Grove oh, fantastic. this year, which is a really nice snow apple, and it's just been And you don't, fantastic. that's something I'd like to mention too. If you're going to plant an apple tree, why on earth would you plant a gala or, or all Indeed. the things that are available in the green grocers? Yeah. Plant something yeah. that you don't normally see. Have yep. something that's a little different. Yep. Um, and particularly if it's one that perhaps doesn't have a good shelf life, uh, so it will never yep. hit the supermarkets. Indeed. They're often much more flavoursome. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's good. All of that. So, so that's been, that's been fun. This is the, this is the latest issue. Um, so go out and buy it. It's out there somewhere yeah, now. Yeah. It is. It's got a Indeed. fabulous purple cauliflower on it the front. Is. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can imagine the things we could do with that. Um, Jane, I think it's about time we talked about some autumn flowering bulbs as well, because that's 
that's sort of happening. Well, isn't that's it? happening now, isn't mm. it? So a lot of people out there would probably know about the belladonna lilies yep. or um, amaryllis belladonna. So they're often called naked ladies, which um, <laughs> sounds yeah. very risque. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has a little titter about that. Yes, yes. Um, so they come in a variety of um, colours of shades of pink through to white. So even if you've just got the common old-fashioned pink popping up in the garden uh, and you love it, have a look around because there's some deeper shades and, and through to whites, etc. Very, very easy to grow. In fact, um, aren't they one of those things that are so easy to grow that you should just leave them alone to a yeah, large yeah. extent? <laughs> yes, you can, you can actually spoil them too much and they won't flower. It's one of those, um, probably a, a good thing for a lazy gardener if that's not being offensive, because um, you just put them in nice sunny spot mm. uh, and nature will let you know when you have to lift them as the clump will start to push out of the ground. Yeah. They're called naked ladies because of the fact that they flower without their foliage. Yeah. So you get these beautiful, architecturally great stems with the blooms on top, and after they've finished flowering, um, beautiful green foliage mm. through the and winter. And the perfume of belladonnas when they come out. Oh. Yes, I brought some into the studio today, I know. Oh, I thought um, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, stem it smells nice too. <laughs> However, the smell of belladonna in the car on the way in is quite heady. I was going to say, it might be a little overpowering <laughs> yeah. in a, in a confined so space. For those that may suffer a bit from uh, hay fever and things, perhaps leave them in the garden, don't pick them. Mm. But they do make a, a fabulous cut flower as well, um, used quite a bit in the florist trade too. Um, and around at the same time and in that family is nareens. So yes. you can start looking at purchasing nareens now. And people will say, well, that's a bit silly, Jane, you're purchasing them when they're flowering. But no, that's actually when the bulb itself is dormant. So it makes its new roots and leaves through the winter. So it so doesn't matter that if you shift them buds. in spite. Actually, yeah. you can find them. You can, yeah. And it makes it easier that you're not stabbing them with a garden fork because yes. they don't particularly like that. No, um, no. So, yeah. well, I think my first nareens are starting to show their flower spikes at the moment. I've got the old Father Gillen Major, Major. Yeah. Uh, which is still probably one of my favourites with that wonderful I've, bright orangey red. I think it's yeah. just beautiful. And it glistens in the sun. It has what they call that dusting, gold mm. dusting on it. And it is the one that heralds all the others coming. Mm. So I think it is one of my favourites too, Stephen, because mm. of that, because you know all the nareens are coming because it's now, out. I want to ask you a technical question Uh-oh. about nareens and belladonnas. We all know, or at least most of us know, that they like to have a bit of a baking. They like to have mm-hmm. their necks up out of the ground a wee yep. bit so that the sun can give them a good baking and that will help them set flower buds. How do we aesthetically keep them in the garden, though? Because you can't sort of grow something over them. You can't sort of hide them under something because then they're not getting the baking that they mm-hmm. should get. Um, is there a way that we can sort of enjoy our belladonnas but not the blank space so much later in the year? Or can we get around that or is that just one of those things we have to live with? Well, you have a lot of the foliage during the winter which yeah. is quite um, extensive too. Like it, it can form quite a clump. So that still looks good through the winter. It's when that dies down mm. over that spring period but you could be planting some other spring bulbs in the same area. So once mm. the foliage of your belladonnas died down, your tulips or daffies are coming up because they're having that hot bake in the same sort of situation. So they could be sort of just in front thereof and they're not necessarily going to overshadow Shadow, the belladonnas. Exactly. Um, so that's how you would deal with it. Because yes. I always look at my clumps, because I've got a couple of big clumps of white belladonnas and I've got some of the old-fashioned pink one in the garden. And you look at them and you think, yeah, they're fantastic when they're in flower and they don't offend me while they're in leaf, but then I have this big... 
block of garden bed with just these little necks sticking up yeah. out of it for most of the rest of the time. <laughs> little naked bulbs sitting yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, um, by all means, daffodils and, and those things that enjoy that sunny climate as well are good because while you've got that bald little patch, mm. you can still have daffodils growing around that same area and it doesn't look quite as offensive. So mm. <laughs> and, and I guess that they're all in the same area, so you know that there are bulbs there, so therefore you keep the, the major enemy of bulbs at bay, which is the garden fork. Yes, they don't don't particularly like being stabbed. Although I have stabbed many in my lifetime oh, too. So we all no, have. nobody's perfect. But yes, um, that feeling <laughs> one gets when you lift up your fork and here is an impaled bulb on the end of yes. it. Um, it's one of those sort of gut wrenching moments yeah. in gardening life, I yes. reckon. And, but if anyone's ever lifting, sorry, no, no, um, ever, right. ever lifting a clump of belladonnas, um, you need to make sure that you get your garden fork right around the edge and don't lift up immediately. Just do um, loosen all the way around mm. and then gently ease the clump out. Otherwise, if you bring the garden fork up underneath, you can actually stab through quite a numerous amount yeah, of yeah. your babies. So, Or you can manage to break a tine off your fork. <laughs> well, yes, I have done that too. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Anyone out there that um, owns a stronger fork, could they let Stephen and I know, yeah, please? Yes, <laughs> yes. You, you do need good tools to deal with belladonna. Exactly. Because yeah. uh, they have a root system that's not dissimilar to a, uh, an agapanthus, really, when you think about it. These big, heavy they do, Yeah, big, heavy, it. fleshy roots mm. underneath. And the main thing is that you try not to damage that basal plate where the roots are coming from because then you, you leave your bulbs susceptible yeah. to rots and things. So um, just be careful and have fun. And how many years do you reckon you can leave the average clump of belladonnas before you do anything? Because uh, I've seen them an, as awfully old clumps still flowering. I think nature tells you when it's ready, Stephen, because you'll notice that your number of blooms each year is diminishing because the clump is too crowded and needs shifting. So if you're still getting enough stems and you're happy with your clump, just leave it be to do its thing. But if you find that last year you had 10, the next year you have 8, and then the next year you've only got about 4, it may be time to move that clump and make it a little bit happier. And you can either give them away to neighbours and friends or spread them around the garden even yeah, further. Yeah, with the three acres. Exactly. <laughs> three acres of belladonna. Penny, you want to have a, a say I, I was just going to make a couple of comments. One is that um, a proper big um, state-owned property near us where I live down in Summers, Coolart, um, they've mm-hmm. got a lot of belladonnas up at the moment. And the place that they appear is under the trees. You know, so it's clear that they haven't been getting in there and or they know that they're about to come up and they don't get in there and mow, but year after year after year they reliably appear. Mm. So one of the ways, I guess, of growing them would be to put them in a spot where not much else is going to grow. Yeah, and somewhere um, where you're not sort of actively doing indeed. stuff. And then you don't have to worry about if they're sticking up in the <laughs> soil a bit or moving yeah. them or anything yeah. like yes. that. Yes, so yes. In that yeah. Good point. In that corner somewhere. Yes, yes. 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 Sounds like yeah. a good idea. Well, we haven't had anybody ringing yet. Well, we're not giving the number. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give the number again. You know, and Lots I of times. Kn- yeah. I, I know that it's been 12 months since you've been able to ring in, but Surely you've still got it on redial somewhere. Someone else wants to join in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so to ring in and talk to us on air, uh, Penny, uh, 
We'll be happy to answer any questions when it comes to herbs and veggies and garlic and all those yummy edibles. We should all be preparing our beds for garlic. Oh, God, yes, it won't be that long before I've got to put the garlic back in again. Is it Anzac Day? No, no, no. We can talk about this. Okay, yeah, yes. Jane will talk to everybody about anything they ever wanted to know and even probably some things they didn't want to know when it comes to bulbs. And I'll answer some of the general questions or if somebody's actually got a question about something really rare and unusual. I'd like to hear about that as well. Definitely. So the number again nine four one nine zero one double five to ring in on air. So that's nine four one nine zero one double five, and the off air line is nine four one nine eight three double seven. So. Give us a ring. We'd like to talk to people. We are not a podcast. Remember, we're actually back live on air. So there we go. Yeah. All right. Now, we talked about herbs as a possibility, and I note that you have some herbally things there. Um, what sort of things should we be looking at at this time of the well, year? Well, I'm afraid I just went for what was in flower. Well, so. that seems like a reasonable thing to do. <laughs> so, herb, as far as herby things go, it's probably a little bit early to be looking at planting anything. It's yeah. just still a bit hot. I'd be, I'd be waiting, um, although we're starting to get the cool Ooh, evening. I'm getting so, a nose full. <laughs> the one that I've pulled out is lemon verbena. Yeah, which so I just adore. I think it's a gorgeous plant, and, and mine's just done so well this year. Yeah. I keep mine oh, yeah. cut down quite small. Because it can get to be quite it, a large can get, bush, can't They it? can get, or even a, even a small tree if you yeah. train them that way. But um, I, what I do is when they're finished, um, I prune them. Mm-hmm. It, when I was in lived in Ballarat, I never pruned them until spring, All right, because the otherwise coldness, the yeah. frost would kill the new, any new growth that appeared. Where I am now, we don't get frosts, yeah. so um, I prune them in autumn and I take two thirds off them. So you give them a really good, really haircut. good heavy prune. Mm. But um, it's the most amazing lemon scent. The mm. flowers are fabulous. So if you're into making potpourri or scented sachets, those sort of things, it's one of the best herbs for drying. So it really holds the lemon scent for years really well. Um, And you can use it for all sorts of other things as well. So I actually, in in one of my little books, um, there's a recipe for scenting ink. So anyone who still uses ink, like an ink ink pen. Does anybody still use pens? No, they probably don't. But you can make your own scented ink to yeah. send scented letters to people. So it's a bit romantic, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it is rather. Oh, look, we've got a call come in. Um, we've got Margaret online. So let's see if we can bring Margaret up. Margaret, are you there? Yes. Ah. Yay. Well done, Stephen. Well, and well done, Margaret, for ringing in. Now, Margaret, where are you from and how can we help you? Oh, I'm in Camberwell. All right. Yep. Uh, it's my nephew that's having the problem, and he lives at St Arnold, mm-hmm. and he's got a terrible problem with white fly. Mm-hmm. I've got Penny's book on pest repellent plants. I don't know that he has many of those, but he's got a wonderful vegetable garden. Yep. And... The white flies are just demolishing his beans, and he's tried pyrethrum spray. He's tried just about everything, and he's still got his jolly old white flies. Uh, look, white flies are probably one of the hardest things to control, um, it, it, and there are things that you can do when they're not too bad. 
Um, one of the things that um, I actually have tried in the last couple of years is getting out there with my vacuum cleaner <laughs> um, and actually sucking them up. Um, because you can do so, you can get so many at once, and yeah. as soon as you disturb, that's part of the problem with trying to spray yeah. them. As soon as you disturb them, they yeah, just they take just off fly and, away. and fly yeah. away, and you're sort of chasing after them with your spray. <laughs> but, um, if, if, if you can um, suck them up, um, you have a chance of reducing the numbers, and then it might be worth... Um, it might be worth trying the spray But you again. don't think if they're in plague proportions, spraying is going to have a huge amount of effect? Probably no, not. I think they yeah. are a bit of a plague, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah, look, it happens at this time of year when we get the hot, dry weather. That's when the white fly yes. move in. And, you know, it just can be really difficult to control. So yeah. keep, keeping... Anyway, I think you're a wonderful source of information and Happy New Year and welcome back to Tracy. Thank you very much Margaret. Thank you and thank you for ringing in for being our first caller. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well I'm very happy to be able to. Bye. All the very best. Thank you Margaret. Right. I actually just remembered, too, I have an announcement I should be making right. uh, via Fermi D'Souza, our very good uh, friend who supports the program very well. And he sent me an email the other day to tell me that they're having a buy, swap and sell day uh, up at Linda uh, for the Alpine Garden Society. Okay. So there'll be... Some stallholders there. I think Jane yep. might be there. Yes, so I'll be there. She'll be there to sell bulbs and things as well. Um, and you can bring along your excess plants. Um, uh, it's only for a, uh, an hour and a half because uh, I guess once you've done your buying, you're swapping or you're selling, well, that's sort of the end, isn't it? So uh, it starts at 11 a.m. and goes to 12.30. It's on Saturday the 27th of February. It's at the Alinda Community Hall, which is... Uh, I think it's 79 to 81 Alinda Monbolk yeah. Road. It's people, just past the Alinda Pool. Yeah, if, um, if people are looking building. for it, you'll see it. If you were heading away from Alinda down towards yes. Monbolk, it's yes. on your left-hand side down in there. Um, and that could be a good way to meet some keen plant collectors. Uh, it's The Alpine Garden Group uh, has some of our most fabulous gardeners in Victoria for the rarer and unusual things. There's some great minds there, so even if it's just coming to have a a chat and, as you say, meet people, but you can learn a lot from these people um, and, you know, find something a little bit different and rare and unusual. And as Stephen said, bring along something that you might like to swap, Mm. which is what gardening should be about. Too. There should be plant, yeah, as long as they plant don't, swapping. Don't cut us nursery people out completely. <laughs> well, that, that's true too. Yes, well, it was a bit silly of me. Wasn't it? Sorry. But anyway, no, I, I do think that um, sharing the love of plants mm. is, is one of the things that makes us all a little bit more um, mentally healthy yeah. as well, um, which is important, I think, too. And I think plants give us that. So if anyone's interested in coming up, there will be some sort of COVID restrictions, which is all sort of... Mm-hmm. What's happening at the moment, I think it, at this stage it will be held um, inside the venue, but it may well move to outside depending on the weather. Well, there's which a decent make it sized easier. car park too, yes. so, and for social distancing exactly. and stuff, it would make so it easier. Make sure you bring your mask, um, mm. bring your wallet, and above all, um, bring your enthusiasm. Exactly. I would yeah. suggest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, just to recap that, it's from 11 uh, a.m. to 12.30 a.m. on Saturday the 27th. Um, it's at 79 to 81 Alinda Monbolk Road, 
and it's the Buy, Swap and Sell run by the Alpine Garden Society of Victoria. So, um, worthwhile organisation to support, and yes, as Jane said, if you want a really rare and interesting plant, come along because they'll be there. And the other thing is, Stephen, that there's fabulous nurseries up there as well, Mm. Gentiana being one. And it's only just around the corner. And Craig's just around the corner, um, and he has some of the most fabulous, rare and unusual things that you can find, so well worth a look at um, his nursery. And right next door to him is Periander Gardens. That They are absolutely the most beautiful gardens yeah, up there. Fantastic place. Wonderful so many, trees and shrubs. Yeah, great ornamental trees and shrubs and things. Um, and also Cloud Hill isn't yeah. um, far from there as well. So if you thinking that it's only for an hour and a half? No, there's a day trip there to oh, the Dandenong. Yes. So. And I'm sure um, that there's a ye olde worldy tea roomsy somewhere up there oh, there that you is, could also yes. go to You're as well. Sit a scone and <laughs> cup of tea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that sounds fantastic. All right, we're still waiting for some more calls to come through, so come on, everybody, 94190155, and that will get you onto the on-air line to have a chat to... We three sitting here in the studio, all on our Todd. So give us a ring and have a chat to us. Um, Penny, might be your turn. What about okay. another herb? So this is a little more unassuming, but it's a plant I haven't grown before. I've, I've got a lot of oreganos mm. in my garden. This one is actually Zatar. So Z-A-apostrophe-A-T-A-R. Ooh. There's a spice mix that's also called Zatar, so ah. don't get the two confused. But, um, this is yeah, if you Google this it, you'll be in trouble. So this is um, oregano, um, Oreganum Syricum. Syricum. Um, so it comes so out of Syria, of, yeah. out of that area. And it's a really lovely little plant. It's yeah. got um, the true oregano oh, yum. scent. Oh. Um, and I oh, think yeah. it's really well worth growing. Mm. Um, so I it can was... feel a bolognese coming on. Yeah. I was going to say a pizza <laughs> topic. Uh. Yeah. But it's it's also used dried in in spice mixes yeah. as well. So combined, it's got quite combined sweet little white flowers. And so it's, it's not yeah, sort of mauve pretty, like most of the others. No, it's a pretty little plant. I've actually got it growing in a pot because I didn't want to lose it in the mm. garden because um, mm. I wasn't sure how vigorous it would be. Um, but it, it's been fantastic. And it now, if somebody didn't want to get attention. it. I, I actually got this one through um, Mud, uh, what's it called? Mudbrick Herb Cottage in Queensland, oh. um, which does mail order herbs oh. all over so Australia. So they'd probably be able to find that if they yeah. went on to yeah. their favourite search engine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's not one of those things you're going to find in the herb section in probably your general garden Probably not, because it's quite specific. Yeah. 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 So, but it's one that's well worth well, so well looking at. Oregano Syriacum, yes, I guess. Indeed. Yes. Fantastic. And then, can I just quickly yeah. talk about this one, which is full covered in fruit in my garden at the moment, which is the Chilean ah, guava. I so love that. Gorgeous, shrub. yeah, and it makes a really good low hedge as well. Yeah. I've it's seen a good it. In, I've plant. seen it in the Tasmanian Botanic Gardens mm. as a hedge mm. and completely covered in these berries, mm. and it just looks gorgeous. Actually, I read an article on a plane once, which must have been at least 12 months ago, <laughs> um, that's, it was in one of those on-flight magazines, yep. and I think it was on a Qantas flight, and it was somebody in Tasmania that was trying to promote this as a crop plant, and they were calling yeah, it Tassie Berry. berry. That's, <laughs> this, is, this is Chilean guava. It is also called Tassie Berry. <laughs> yes. It used to be called Myrtus Agni, but it is now Agni Molinae. Yeah. So it's a... Um, it, and the berries are delicious. They're just gorgeous. All right. We better move on because we've actually got a couple of lines callers. that have come, callers come yep. through. So we better see what we can, we can do here. Um, I've got Ian on 
line eight. Ian from Sunbury, are you there? Ian? Yes, I am. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> Good. Um, now, how can we help you, Ian? Um, yeah, just uh, a couple of things. Um, I've got... Um, um, hang on, I'll just take a... Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, look, a couple of things. I've um, um, put some raised beds in um, a little while ago, mm-hmm. and um, I, uh, I, I I did them as a, um, you know, put uh, put some straw at the bottom and sort of layered them and did all those things. Uh, but I got I bought some soil in from the local garden garden centre, mm-hmm. um, and um, some of my vegetables. Uh, like my beans have been shocking, um, uh, although I, I think other people have had the same problem. But uh, uh, this year, but uh, they've been pretty bad. And uh, um, uh, generally speaking, uh, things haven't been. Uh, Silver sure, beets have been okay, but uh, a few things have just been a bit disappointing. I, there was an article or a, no, actually a show on I think it might have been on news or something like that, um, where there's been a whole heap of uh, garden soil sold. That has been contaminated with um, uh, herbicide. Yes, I, I that? saw that yeah, uh, on I, the telly. Can I talk about this? Because yes. I wrote about this eight years ago <laughs> in Organic Garden on the website. How preemptive of you. Uh, well, and I've been trying to talk every time, every year I've talked about mm. it on 3CR. There are pick loric um, herbicide that is a broadleaf herbicide that is used to control broadleaf weeds, particularly on horse breeding properties, mm-hmm. but on other properties as well. And that's fine, except that it um, survives for three to four years after it's sprayed. So it kills the weeds, but it hangs around on the grasses. The horses and the cattle eat the grasses. Oh, so it goes um, in through their system. It goes into the manure. It stays in the manure. It stays in any hay or, or um, straw that is cut on the property for mulch. And what the producers do is they write on the packet, that the you know if you're using this your manure should not be sold but nobody reads that. no it's um, very fine print and, yeah. and if all else been, fails read the directions there has been a real issue there's an art if you google herbicide on the ABC just straight ABC website there's a long article about how it has ended up at a particular recycling mm-hmm. company everyone's trying to do the right thing and use manures and recycle mm. everything but this, these manures and these grasses should not be used in potting mix mm. in any mm. way, shape well, or form. Do you think well, Ian has got this issue though, um, uh, Look, if you're seeing deformed plants, um, but it will also just stop seed from growing altogether. Mm. Um, and you're right, it hasn't been a terrific year for beans this year. No. But, no. but no. Um, so no. that it, it's unlikely to be that. But if you are seeing deformities, mm. so... With zucchinis, the whole leaf will cup, so the whole leaf will turn over on the edges. Kind of looks like it's been sprayed. Yeah, and and your tomatoes, the tips will curl over like a sort of a weird little Uh, blunt. I've got tomatoes and I I haven't noticed that, although, yes, it's been a terrible year for tomatoes (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yes. Um, But, uh, um, yeah, okay, so that that gives me a bit of comfort. But, uh, yeah, the the soil I got was just just at the local garden centre. It was a, you know, with a veggie mix or whatever it is, sandy loam with... with, um, It depends. You see, it depends where they've got it from. Yeah, okay. And whether... So would it be prudent to 
although it sounds like I'm probably okay, but if, if I was want to make double sure, where can I get the soil tested? Um, look, you ca- it's really quite expensive, to, and I'm not sure that anyone is even testing for mm. this. Right. Um, okay. But what you can do is before you use it widely is to try growing something in it, something yeah, quick in like, like, a, a, like something. a radish seed. Yeah. Yeah, so okay, put well, it into yeah. a pot, plant some radish seed, and the the only way you deal with it, and I'm, this is perhaps not so much for you, Anne, but anyone else who's confronting this, is you have to take the soil away from wherever you've had it, mm. and you have to compost it for three years, and the bacteria will gradually break down. So eventually, this herbicide it will, come, it yeah. will eventually come good, um, mm. but you can't go on using the soil for at least a couple of years. Yeah. All right, so okay. I hope that well, makes you feel slightly better, Ian. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. No, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I just I just saw that article and a friend actually alerted me to it as well and uh, um, I thought I'd better ring and just see, get some more information and see what you think about it. The other thing is I've got some kale in and it is being absolutely ravaged by something. Um, and Very healthy insects. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, uh, I come out at night and have a look and with a torch and, and I can't seem to see what... Um, I did see a big brown spider on it, but uh, I don't think it'd be that. But, um, uh, um, but yeah, I'm not sure what's um, can you, devouring it. Can but, you describe uh, what the damage is? It's, um, well, they're just eating the leaf away and there's round little holes in the, in the, in the, in the leaf and, um, um, yeah, just... Uh, um, uh, so really it, it's not the cabbage butterfly caterpillar, the green caterpillars. I don't, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen any. Um, They're not that easy to see sometimes. Yeah, because yeah. they they yeah. they tend to sort of hide along the veins um, and sort of look like mm. the veins, but. Um, Yep. That's the most okay. likely thing because there's certainly the cabbage um, butterflies are around at the moment, but there's also a cabbage moth that is harder right. to spot, um, but they yep. produce smaller caterpillars that will feed on the leaves as well. Is there, any, is there anything I can um, put on, on these to... Uh, any, um, you, you can try a, um, a BT spray, so Bacillus. Thunduriensis, which is sold as dipel, yeah, um, and that Dipel's will actually that won't harm other things. It will only harm what is eating your leaves. So as long as you've got a caterpillar, dipel will deal with it. Yeah, but Dipel. it will take a okay. few days before it starts working. Hmm. But um, right. yeah. So the other thing you can try if you've got it around is molasses. Oh, okay. Right. So make the ta- kale taste interesting. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I hope that helps, Ian. Okay, thank, thank you very much, guys. Thanks very much. That's Cheers. a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, now we've got another one on line nine, so we'd better go in and see if Andrew's there. Andrew, are you there? Oops, what have I done? Oh, I pressed the wrong one, sorry. There we go. Andrew, are you there? Andrew. Woo-hoo. Andrew, line nine. I can't seem to bring Andrew up. Uh, all right, we'll put Andrew on... Hello? Stephen? Ah, I don't know what I did then, but anyhow. Hello, is that it you, was. Andrew? Yes, it is. I'm in Montmorency. Yeah. Um, look, we've got a, a couple of caper berries that we bought in spring, and um, we've just uh, been sitting on them, working out what we'll do with them, just wondering if it's still a good time to plant them now. And everyone seems to think they need extra protection, like coverings, 
permanently to stop things getting at them. Is that right? Well, what do you think, Penny? Um, can you tell me specifically what you mean by caper berries? So we're we talking about capers specifically? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, capers, I, going back to your first question, I wouldn't plant them just yet. Mm-hmm. You need to okay. wait. and It's a good time to plant when anything when the soil's still warm, but after we've lost the intense heat. So okay. if so, just wait, wait two or three weeks. It would be my yep. suggestion. Um, caper berries, capers need really good drainage. Yeah, you see so, them growing yeah, up in stony hills in Greece and things. Yeah, so so you need somewhere that where they're basically growing in in gravel or in stones. Yep, um, they're right on the. That's per, we've got a perfect spot for them then. Okay, so but beyond that, they're pretty tough. Mm. So I don't, oh, okay. I don't know of a lot of insects that attack them. If that was what you were worried about, goats yeah. won't even eat them. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, um, I, I, yeah, I think they should be fine. But if you're concerned, then you know, set up a frame around them that you can quickly throw a net or something over the top if it looks like something is is feeding on it. Yeah. It's it's always hard to know when you introduce a new plant into an area what you've got in your area that might Might. want to eat them. So, um, you know, you might need to protect them from rabbits, for instance. Mm. There's a lot of rabbits around at the moment. But, um, yeah, so give it a go, but leave it two or three weeks. Thank you very much. That's a pleasure. All right, thank you, Andrew. All right. all right, Penny, now, you were talking about oh, the Ugnies, so I was we should about finish the that yeah, yes, sorry, before we move Mertis, on. Murtis Ugni, they have these tiny little red berries on them. They're just starting. I was going to offer these to you. I thought I had some more bits in here, but... They've disappeared. But they seem to have disappeared. I had it... Oh, no, maybe that's one there. I had them sitting out next to the car overnight in some water, but if they're soft... Just, yeah, just try They have to be quite soft, don't they? They do need to be quite soft, so and, just try squeezing uh, them. Yeah, these ones seem quite hard. I don't but think I've got a soft one. Uh, but I love the smell of the berries when you do pick them. Yeah, and the other thing I tried doing last year was drying them. Oh, right. And they actually make a really nice, just sort of sprinkled over the top of food mm. as well. So yeah, I always thought to think lovely. of these things as browse berries. Yeah. You know, they're the sort of thing you're wandering around the garden yeah. and you just browse well, them when you bit, find... It's a bit like tiny little cherry tomatoes, yeah. isn't it? Because they, do take, you, you know, they take a long time to pick. Yeah, and I don't know how you eat them off the bush, but I generally pluck them, squeeze the, the pulp out into my mouth because I find the skins... Have yeah, a no, I, bittery I, taste. I eat the skin as Do well. You? Yeah, and then no, I, I spit it. out the seeds as well. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no, I just eat the whole thing. Do you? Uh, I, I take oh, the, I take fussy, the sort of dried calus yeah. off the outside because yeah. that's chewy, mm. but I eat the whole thing. Yeah. But they are, they smell good, their little pink flowers are pretty, yep. and they're also one of those edible plants that you can grow in shadyish aspects, it, which yes, is quite yeah, unusual. It, can be, it mm. can be shady, although mine is in full sun. You do need to get decent berries on it, you do need to keep the water up to them yeah. at this time of year. Oh yeah, well they come otherwise, from South America down in yeah. Chile where it's quite yeah. damp actually yeah. where they come from in the yeah. wild. Otherwise they, they don't get terribly mm. big and they can just stay a bit sort of dry mm. and not very good to it. All right, but they're so beautiful. It is. It's a lovely shrub. And, and a we glossy, glossy leaf. Good leaf. And you're right, yeah. as a hedging plant, it would be fantastic. Yeah. So you could have a browsing hedge. It's probably yeah. good for the florist industry too. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Uh, well, it would berries be. at this time of the Actually. year as well. Yeah, it would pick quite well. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're swapping cuttings yeah. at the moment. Oh, right, good. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, so I'm taking Ugni Molinae, which used to be Myrtus Ugni. Um, yeah. It's had a few different name changes over it a has. period of time. And it's been branded as... 
Tassie Berry. So yeah. that might be if you're looking think, for it in a in a, yeah. in a large um, nursery, um, mm. that might be what it's being sold under. Oh dear, so yes. frustrating, yes. but they do these yeah. things. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it sort of smacks of um, of the New Zealanders' trick with branding things kiwi as kiwi, kiwi fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, I mean, it seems to work as a promotional thing, but. Yeah. I do have some issues about creating new common names mm. for things because mm. it can cause all sorts of confusion. Yeah, and if it, I mean, if it were a Tassie native, I think that would oh, be yeah. absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah, and but I, we yeah. are yeah. taking over something that belongs somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yeah, yes. so yeah, yeah, so it doesn't seem to be mm. fair. But as I said, the Kiwis have got away with it. Um, mm. In fact, mm. I don't know whether they ever did it or not, but I did read somewhere once where they were going to sell cut-flowered waratahs as kiwi roses. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that's a real stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they actually went that far, but I think that was what they were thinking of doing uh, and growing, I, I'm assuming, the hybrid ones, which would do quite well in New, in New Zealand, uh, as kiwi roses. roses. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. So, yeah, so I, I sort of object to the Tassie berry thing, but anyhow. Um, I have to say calling it an Ugani berry is actually not a particularly lyrical name. Yeah, but either. I think Chilean guavas are yeah, right. Yeah, that's I mean, right. they're probably technically not guavas, but, you know, yeah. there's a few things called guavas that... Yeah, well, are not related to each yeah, other, exactly. so it probably doesn't matter yeah. that much. Yeah. But, yeah, it is a great little shrub, a great yeah. little shrub. Now, Jane... We need to get back to bulbs because... You want some bulbs? Yes, okay. please. Now, we've mentioned we, Belladonna's. Can we talk about that? Do you want to talk about this yes. little one? Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. yes. Okay. Yeah, now, now we're going to the other extreme because we talked about Belladonna's, which have these huge, huge yes. flowers. Yeah. Now we've gone down to something quite lily putting. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry, this is kind of teasing you because we're surrounded by herbs and flowers and everything and no one can see it. But mm. um, in front of me, I've got a little pot of Asus autumnalis. Now, this darling little baby used to be included in the Lacogum or snowflake family. Mm. And we might know the spring flowering, well, a late winter, early spring flowering, normal Lacogum snowflakes. But this one is... Lots of people call snow drops drops. just to confuse the issue no end. Please don't because you make Jane grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) So these delicate little darlings um, naturally flower now. So Mm. they love that beautiful rain that we have had in Mm. January and it promotes these tiny little white and slightly pink flowers. And they flower for quite a period of time, actually, for an autumn flowering thing. And then over the winter, they have beautiful, fine, grass-like It's almost chivey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably a fine chive is a a good explanation. Just don't use it on your omelets. Yeah, probably not. Um, But easy. Like belladonnas, you just put a lot of these autumn flowering things straight in the garden and you don't have to do much more. They do their thing depending on what Mother Nature's providing for them. So an easy little plant and quite readily available um, through some of the... It multiplies with gay abandon, doesn't it? It does. Not not to the stage of um, invasive or anything, but it it does, like a lot of other bulbs, it produces um, pups on the side um, or bulblets. And um, just a very rewarding thing. It's one of those things you walk around the garden and, oh, there you are. Um, so in a, in a rockery, in a nice sunny position, would be perfect. Mm. And, and they are tiny, though. They People are have to get a tiny. sense of this. They are yep. minute yep. little About a centimetre. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they're on these little fine, wiry flower stems. And so the whole yep. thing is... It's very dainty. Very dainty, yep. very pixie-ish. Yep. Um, and I guess you need a reasonable quantity of them to make any sort of real... Yeah, and most, most places sell them in fives or tens, two yeah. stems. So even if you... And great in a pot as well. Mm. Um, a lot of people have said... 
say to me, Jane, the bulbs are tiny as well. I'll lose them in the garden. There is a little bit of a trick as well. You can put them in a pot and bury your pot in the garden. So you just leave the lip of the pot so you can see where they are and it avoids those garden fork issues that we're... Mm. We've got a problem with that, haven't we? Yes. Um, Oh, look, bulbs and garden (laughs) forks, they just don't get on terribly well. I was going to Um, say um, about that is that garlic doesn't like garden forks either. (laughs) (laughs) I want to put it right through the middle of you. Uh, Yes, yes. Can I just say the thing I love about those is that they are literally only about six centimetres high. Um, so they really are tiny and yeah. very cute. And it does get a little tiny bit taller, but only up to about you know eight ten centimeters. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's just that um, these ones Jane only potted about three days ago to, to bring in. So, oh, right. um, but they are flowering. So this is now, one you mocked so. up earlier. Uh, it is, yes, yeah. It's <laughs> a bit like those chefs that go and here's one I prepared earlier. Oh yes. goodness me! Um, but it's a lovely little thing. So A C I S is the genus name yeah, now. And Autumnalis Autumnalis. is the species. Lovely thing. All right, we've got got a a dear friend who's rung us in, and so we're going to go to Graham Morrison. Graham, are you there? Yes, Steve. Ah, fantastic. Right right here, thank you. (laughs) No, just thought I'd ring up. It's just like a breath of fresh air coming through, you know, to have our live 3CR gardening program oh. on, on air again. Well, we're happy uh, to be back, sort of. Yeah, good <laughs> on you. He's coping very well, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I realise that, uh, you know, a lot of voluntary work goes on here. And, you know, well well done to you people who put the yards in to get it rolling again. I think that that's a ter- 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 terrific effort. Oh, and, thank uh, you, Graham. Our gardening show, I call it our gardening show because I've participated a little bit over the years as a presenter. And just, you know, it's needed in our community. You know, it's just something I think someone, one of you, but you, Penny, said something about it being it being good for our health as well. And uh, I know our garden is good for our health and listening to to communicate with our, our self, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we have the, 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 the same uh, enjoyments and uh, uh, parts of our, our life that we can you know, sh- sh- share. I'm sorry to stutter a bit this morning. I'm not going very well here. The other thing I was just going to say, Stephen, if you don't mind, yeah. Early on, someone was asking about the white fly. Yeah. And uh, a, a wise old nurse, nurseryman said I was having, when I ran the nursery, having quite a lot of trouble with white fly, particularly in my glass house. And they said try, to try keeping things moist. I like think Penny put her finger on it. She's saying it seems to come in in the dry weather. Mm-hmm. If, if you, you know, to, to, to try and duplicate a, a moist atmosphere around the plants, it seems to do deter the, uh, the, the problem to a certain extent. Yeah, it's one of those things we all have to live with a little bit, though, don't we, really? Yeah, yeah and that, that's true. there sure. was some really good research recently that um, showed that when if you're having trouble with whitefly on tomatoes, that by growing yes. the Tajitis marigolds around the tomatoes, it really yeah, reduces yeah, yeah, yeah. the number of, yeah. um, of whitefly. Yeah. And that so was actual scientific research, not just yeah, anecdotal, not these, yeah, anecdotal <laughs> things. Yes, trying right. to sell the marigolds. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I planted marigolds. I didn't get white fly, so it must work. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Uh, dear, well, thank you so much, Graham, for ringing up. And good it's good you. to hear well, your voice. Well, 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 well done. All right. We'll catch up with you in some stage or another, hopefully. Yeah, you certainly will. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Graham. Thank you. Bye. 
Um, Stephen, are we supposed to be looking at the text messages down the left-hand side? Oh, of the probably. <laughs> I can't even read them. <laughs> the, the white, white on black. They yes. seem to be gardening. I can't read them completely from here, but they seem to be gardening queries too. Uh, well, somebody's asked if there's any tips for good rules of thumb for buying plants from markets. I have to say I have reservations about buying plants from markets, full stop. Um, so you're asking a nurseryman. So, you know, um, I certainly wouldn't buy anything from a market that didn't have a botanical name on it. I agree, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. If, I mean, I'm not um, trying to put people out of business here or anything, but I regularly get people who buy things from markets thinking they've got one thing and they've ended up with something else. Uh, I've even seen noxious weeds being sold in markets. Um, and although you might think you're buying a cheap plant, actually what you're getting is a cheap plant. Um, so I have some reservations about it. But look, there's probably some market ho- stall holders who are really good plants people and they know their stuff. Um, if you can bond with somebody that really seems to be knowledgeable about their plants, then I wouldn't have too much reservation. But there's plenty of people out there that might as well be selling subflakes as, as plants because they know nothing about what they're doing. Um, and you can get yourself into all sorts of strife. And I guess one of the issues with markets is that there's a bit of a trade in stolen plants too. Yeah. So when when new plants get put in in accessible positions, they quite particularly if labels are left on them, they quite often then disappear. Yes. Um, so you do need to it's be a bit careful. recycling in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> you do need to be a bit careful that you're not buying things that have been dug up from someone's garden. And, and especially if you come across something a little bit rarer, let's say coming up soon, Hyamanthus coccinius, the yes. blood paintbrush lily. Yeah. Um, if you find that flowering in a market in a pot without a label and properly done, you'd sort of go, because mm. they're a bit rarer. Mm. Um, that sort of thing you might... Um, yeah. Question a tad, I think. Yeah, but yeah. So yes, I, I'm not a great believer in that sort of plant sales. Mm. I have to say, but you know, you, we all do what we do, and yeah. um, and, and I think it, it depends. I mean, if it's a school fate where you've got uh, the parents yeah. growing things from cuttings mm. and bringing them along to sell, mm. I think that's quite different too. But yeah, somebody opening to their boot uh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a different thing again. Uh, and look, I'm, I'm very interested in encouraging people to grow their own plants and, and you know, mm. get involved in as many different ways as possible. In fact, I don't believe people are a gardener until they've propagated some of their own plants. Um, so I don't have any problems with that. But you've just got to be very careful because there's, there's you know, no comeback if mm. you buy something from a market. Mm. Uh, I mean, that same stall holder might not be there the next time around. So, you know, you could, you're definitely buying a bit of a pig in a poke, I have to say. Um, now, I can sort of read what's up on this top screen. I think I need a new screen. Um, somebody's called in to remind people that if they are going up to the hills, and Cloud Hill's a lovely garden to go and look at, but it also has a very good restaurant. Oh, it certainly does. <laughs> See, there's another foodie out there. Yeah. Um, yes, they, they do. I would suggest that um, next weekend, if you are going, that you would need to reserve a table yeah. due to their COVID restrictions and numbers that yeah. they're allowed to have. So pre-plan that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yes, definitely a beautiful restaurant there uh-huh. as well. All right. Uh, now, we've got a regular who's just called in, so we'd better go on and see... Jill from the Herb Society. Are you there, Jill? Hi, Stephen. Hello, Hi. Jill. Hi, How Jill. are you this morning? Welcome back. Thank Fantastic. you. Would you believe last year? Oh, I can't hear you. Yeah, well, we can hear you sort of, but there's something going on at your end, I think, Jill. 
No, there's nothing going on here. Oh, we can hear you better now. Yeah. Can you hear us? Well, last year, um, I heard one of the replays, you know, from the previous year. Yeah. And there was a fantastic compliment about Jill and the Herb Society's <laughs> website. <laughs> oh, dear. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, that was probably inadvertent, but I'm glad you got some value out of it. <laughs> I just wanted to say that the Herb Society was back last, the first Thursday last month, this mm. month, at uh, Burnley, and uh, we'll be having the first meeting indoors in room 10 um, on the first, on the 4th of March. And 4th of March. June, mm -hmm. June Valentine's going to do a presentation on herbs, and it'll be unusual herbs, so that'll be fascinating. Oh, and her presentations are always brilliant. So that we get there at seven fifteen for seven thirty, right. and uh, of course we can keep distance and all that business. So yeah, it's a good it's a good space, isn't it, Jill? So that um, you know, there's plenty of room for spreading out. And I agree that June is a really knowledgeable, terrific speaker. So um, anyone who's there's so many people getting into gardening now for the first time. Um, if you want to learn about herbs, that would be a really good one to right. go along to. So you don't have to be a member, Jill. You can just no, come along. Just trot along, and Excellent. we'll be very happy to see you. Yes, great. And I'll just tell you one other thing. I bought last year uh, in March. I bought Digiplexus. It's a cross between Digitalis, the mm -hmm. foxglove, and Iplexus. And I bought three plants, and they've done very, very well. Extremely well. In fact, now I'm going to cut off the old bit at the top, and they've already got the new leaves. So they're definitely not just annuals. No. Definitely actually, perennial. Jill, I don't like to gazump you here, but actually, Digiplexus doesn't exist anymore as a genus. So uh, now back because, to Digitalis. Yeah, because all of the Isoplexuses have been dumped in with Digitalis. So it is, in fact, a shrubby foxglove now. Yes. So it's actually right. Digitalis whatever the cultivar yeah. name is. Uh, so, the, the, yes, the, the plant names are being thrown up in the air and falling down everywhere. I'm sure the Herb Society is really pleased that they've sunk rosemary in with salvia. Um, <laughs> and what well, more can one say? Well, you, yes, well, yes, well, there's so many changes, so we'll just have to accommodate them and get on with it. Well, I think we do have to accommodate the changes, and I mean, they're not doing it just to get up our noses. All these name changes are being done for purposes. There well, are reasons. They're doing a lot of scientific research, yeah. and, the, and with the scientific well, research, they're discovering that plants are much close, more yeah. closely related than they thought. From it's all about the DNA. Okay. It, yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, it's DNA. making it more accurate. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, uh, Salvia rosemarinus is a lovely new plant, plant out yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well. I'll just have to have my one of my passwords is ro it was rosemary, so I'm sure I won't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you would have used it as a as a password name because it helps your memory, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, uh, there's lots of research to show that rosemary in any form eaten and uh, inhaled. I used to get my students all to have a piece of rosemary in the exam so they could inhale it every few minutes. <laughs> well done. As, as a help to their memory, but actually, I think it probably calms them a bit. Yeah, well, that's yeah. probably as important as <laughs> anything else. 
All right, well, Jill, thanks for getting in touch. It's lovely to hear your voice again, and uh, I'm sure the Herb Society's in for a good year uh, this year. So, well, well, I've just, well, I've just got one thing to say, that the Herb Society and New Zealand have been in touch, and we've decided New Zealand's doing their conference this year, and we'll do ours next year. Ah, um, yes. Hopefully in October, because we, at the time, you know, we were all bailed up in our own, in our own country. So there you go. All right, fantastic. All right, thanks a lot, Jill. Bye, bye, Stephen. All right, bye, bye. bye. All right, so that was good to hear, Jill. Um, yes, now where are we going from here? Um, text messages. Oh, we got another new, text new text messages. Ah, yes, uh, the Melbourne Begonia Society plant sale, Saturday the twenty seventh of February, ten to four on Sunday. Um, that's it. Where is it? Oh, Moorabbin Senior, Senior Citizens Hall, uh, 964 Nepean Highway, Moorabbin. Uh, entry, a gold coin donation, and Visa and MasterCard will be available. So, but BYO bags for carrying home your goodies. Uh, and there will be, of, of course, COVID restrictions in place. So if you're interested in begonias, and that is a genus of incredible diversity, mm. uh, they're mm. discovering new begonias all over the world the whole time. And of course, people are breeding new ones and all that sort of thing. So, um, so that's the Begonia Society plant sale, uh, February the 27th. Um, uh, 10 to 4 p.m. Sunday the 28th uh, from 10 to 3 p.m. And that's at the Moorabbin Senior Citizens Hall. So go along there and have a look at some begonias. Absolutely. Go. All right, well, what, what have we got to talk about next? I, okay, I think I'll, Penny's go, got I'll go again. Um, I've only got two more. So this one I love. This is um, Virginian mint. Ooh, I only grow it in a pot. It doesn't um, look like a normal mint. It's not. It's actually a Pycnanthemum virginianum. Oh. oh, so it's not even a It's mentha. not even a mentha. Yeah. So, again, I'll pass them over for you to try. And um, it's, oh, the one, it's the one that mint julep is made ah, out of. So this is the authentic the, the mint original, julep one. Indeed. So in Gone with the Wind, when they were sitting there sipping mm-hmm. mint julep. Oh, but you've got to be sitting <laughs> there in your tulle. <laughs> yeah. and, you know. and your big what? fluffy dress. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, oh, Rhett. Yes. <laughs> yes, don't leave me, Rhett. <laughs> Penny, can I just ask, um, why are you only growing it in a pot? Um, look, my first, uh, I guess my reaction when I first got it was I don't want it in the garden and taking over. Yep. And since then, I haven't needed to grow it anywhere else. I put it in a great big shallow pot, mm, um, nice. tucked it in a corner of the garden, and it's just grown there ever since. Mm. And so, you can only drink so many mint juleps. And you can only drink so many <laughs> mint juleps. Um, but it's doing really well in the pot. So I just decided not to move it out in the garden. So I didn't ever actually discover Do whether you think it, it would might have be weedy. That weedy sort I don't. Of it potential? doesn't put out it underground runners. It grows more as a low bush. Ah, and so it's certainly not self-sowing into the garden. So it would be much more manageable than the average true mint. Yes, yeah. I believe so. But I couldn't guarantee it because I yeah. haven't tried it just in the garden. Mm, it's a wonderful smell. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful. plant. It's mm. a very sweet, minty smell. It's mm. not like classical no. culinary mint Skin in its smell. Mint. No, no. Yeah, it's, mm. it's quite different. Yeah, but it's a it's a great plant, and it, it's not particularly showy. It doesn't, you know, the flower. Well, I think one of those those flowers, they're not particularly showy mm. flowers. So you are just growing it for the scent of the leaves. Mm. But it's yeah, well worth um, trying. If again, it would be one of those things you'd only get through specialist herb growers, Indeed. I would think. Yes, mm. it was a long time since I'd bought it, so I'm not sure. I I 
Yeah, I, th- I think the same mud brick cottage yeah. um, in Queensland would probably have it. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. So there you go. Anybody's got a yen for a mint julep in an authentic form. And you can use it in other ways that you use. You might find your rep well. Yes, you, you never know. I don't know that you'd really want to, <laughs> no, to be honest. No, but, um, no. He didn't strike me as the no. sort of hero I'd be looking for, no. I have to say, but no. there you go. Indeed. Uh, dear. All right, well, Jane, maybe you've got something you'd like to... Oh, no, hold on. Oh, We've got Fermi online, so we might oh. as well go in and, and say good Have morning. Have we said something wrong? Uh-oh. Uh, no, I hope not. <laughs> good morning, Fermi. Good morning. How are we? Um, we're very well. I'm um, really wrapped to uh, hear the uh, garden show back online. Well, we're sort of pleased. Back on, back on air rather, not online. Yes. We're a bit excited um, too, I think. <laughs> Lovely to hear you, Jane. Thank you. I hope and we. Penny, we... You're, you're always worthwhile listening oh, to about birds. Thank you, Fanny. I, I, I think I saw one of your um, uh, patron saints on TV last night. We were watching um, um, Escape to the Country and they had Jekka on. <laughs> oh, yes. Did they really? Yeah, and, yeah and, good uh, on she was, uh, the, You know, the, the uh, hopeful uh, people mo- moving to the area had. Um, had um, were invited into the nursery because um, and uh, they got to pot up a mint plant each. Oh, lucky oh. them! <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, but they they were like weird ones. She grows such amazing things. She and, has a uh, fabulous yeah. range of herbs. Yeah. Yeah. So indeed. But anyway, I was I was uh, very uh, grateful to have actually woken up in time to hear uh, Stephen mention the um, the buy swap and sell that's on next Saturday. Did I do it all right? I'm very you nervous. did really well. Thank oh, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Just see his face when he saw Fermi's called in, and we yeah. both went, "Oh, did yeah. we? Yeah. yeah, did we do it right?" So we, we hope we've promoted it because we're excited to be there. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're um, uh, good. Look, uh, uh, my my heart dropped when um, the uh, lockdown happened last week. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. And I thought, oh no, what happens if they go on for two weeks? Everybody was saying. Oh, it's going to go for two weeks. It's going to go for two weeks, and um, which would have finished on the Friday, hopefully. Mm. But um, so we've just got to hope that nothing else breaks out in the next week, and yeah. then we'll be able to keep having the um, the the fire swap and sell. Fantastic. Um, I think um, gardeners need a bit of a break um, from COVID restrictions. I think we, I think we need these type of shows, yeah. Fermi, too, to. You know, um, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I haven't seen your face for a long time by the feel of it. And oh, you won't recognise me. I've got, <laughs> got so much older. But it's, and catching up with um, dear friends at that club and things is what I'm looking forward to. So, yes, fingers crossed. Please, Melbourne, let's do the right yeah. thing. And uh, the other thing um, I was going to say is you mentioned that there's going to be bulbs and, and um, uh, plants and, and that sort of thing. We've also got a, a range of seeds because um, the uh, AGS Vic Group um, this year held its first seed exchange. Ah, right, yes. And, and um, mainly because the UK uh, are under a... Um, uh, because while they were still part of the EU, we weren't allowed to send seeds into the UK for the, the seed exchanges, which... Um, which are one of the main reasons for joining some of these overseas uh, garden clubs is that they do seed exchanges and we weren't able to participate this year, firstly because of COVID, because they couldn't do uh, big seed exchanges. 
because they couldn't get people, you know, crowded together to, um, you know, sort out thousands of packets of seed. Uh, but then uh, the EU had a regulation that you couldn't send seed into the EU without a phytosanitary certificate, which costs quite a bit of money from, from, uh, from us to send over to there. And uh, so we ran our own one. Now, the, the UK one usually has something like 4,000 items to choose from. We only had about 400. I think that was a, a great effort for the first time yeah. around, though, Femi. It was a very long list. It was. And so, um, but, but as you can imagine, um, we had quite a few packets of seed left over. And uh, so there's, there's going to be... Um, we're going to sell them off very cheaply. Uh, at a, a dollar a packet. Goodness now, me. some of the rare things you might find, you've only got six seeds in a packet, but, you know, where would you find, uh, you know, some of these things like, oh, uh, a Fritillaria imperialis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jane. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just a bit shocked that there's seed left of that. <laughs> well, I think everybody thought, oh, everybody's going to go for that. So I won't go for it. So <laughs> if it, anyone coming up next weekend and wants to buy a packet of Frillary Imperialis seed for a dollar, yeah. um, go in for me- it. In the meantime, anybody who hasn't uh, become aware of Frillary Imperialis, <laughs> Get onto your search engine and have a look because you'll want a dollar packet of seed <laughs> for that. And um, Fermi and I'll both be up there so we can give you some growing tips on getting that seed to germinate too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that today. You have to come and see me. Yeah, well, yeah. you've got to spend your dollar. <laughs> yeah, you've got to spend, they've got to spend a dollar for the club to start with yeah. and then, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you, Fermi. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, the other thing I was going to ask was, um, Jane, are you at Fernie Creek the following week? Uh, yes, so it's the long weekend. There's the 6th and 7th that goes for, that's Saturday and Sunday. So that's the Fernie Creek Horticultural um, Club do a autumn show. So there's lots of other uh, little companies like uh, Country Farm Perennials and um, the actual Horticultural Society themselves have their own stall of mm-hmm. selling things that they've propagated and everything okay. where you can find some amazingly interesting things. And that's at their gardens and Hilton Road? Yes, and all the COVID sort of restrictions, they've actually combated that by just moving the tents further apart and and spreading them through the gardens, so to speak. You do have to book your tickets online. You cannot just rock up to the gate as far as I know. Is that right, Fermi? Um, I'm not sure about that because uh, being a member, we don't have to have tickets. No, that's exactly. And, and, and me selling there, I didn't have to. But I think, I'm pretty sure. But if you, if you go to the Fernie Creek Horticultural Society webpage, um, there will be yeah. all the details there. It's, it's a very minimal entry. Yeah. Um, and lots and, of. Uh, go, Fermi. Yeah. And I was going to say, and this year, um, they're having, um, the Sunday is going to be particularly uh, family-oriented because I think uh, they're doing more things um, for kids. So I'm, I have a feeling that there's going to be something like a bouncy castle. I, and, uh, I think you there's, might there's, be right. <laughs> I want to see what big kids get in there. <laughs> uh, it'll be me by 5 o'clock on the Sunday. <laughs> but, um, yes, and I think um, promoting family orientated things in the garden world is a great idea because we need up and coming young ones to be interested in gardening and plants and preserving what we've got left it's it's, it's one of the things that um one of the uh one of the only good things that come out of uh, the lockdowns and things is that 
more people have gotten into gardening. Yeah, that's what Stephen and I were saying yeah. this morning. I said if you, yeah. if you want to look at it, that there's something good about it. Um, yeah. yeah, and and for people's mental health, I think they are exactly oh, fine. Yeah. Like Graham, when he rang before, um, finding that gardening can give you that sort of sense of peace, I suppose, and um, the high-stress sort of situations that we've been in in lockdown, I think plants have been a, yeah. a, a release for people, so... Fantastic. So I'll see you at both, Fermi. We'll we'll see you there. You might as well just camp out from one weekend to the next, Fermi, and not go home. No, we do have reliable cars. We can drive (laughs) two and a half hours between the two. I was going to say, it's a fair little tatars between anywhere in the Dandenongs and your place. It just shows oh, the dedication he has to yeah. rare and unusual, oh, yes. doesn't it? Yes, yeah. it does. It does. All right, yeah. thanks a lot, Fermi. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, All right. bye. bye. Uh, there we go. So that was good to hear <laughs> Fermi's voice again. Yes. Uh, it's all feeling a bit more normal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting back to normal. Jill and Fermi and Graham, you know, all these people. So, And if anybody would like to ring in, I mean, we've got ample time yet. It goes till quarter past nine. So if you do want to ring in and have a chat to us, even if it is just to say hi. Hi. Um, it's 941 So it's 941 Double five. So that's the on-air phone call number. Um, Stephen, can I just say, with with that and the family orientated thing, is there may, maybe we've got a young teenager out there or something that's growing something special right now, that if they felt like giving us a buzz and just um, gloating and telling yeah. us what it is, even if it's um, your tomato plant that's not doing so well like everybody else's or something, just if you if you've got a keen sort of interest in something in the garden, mm. if you could give us give us a buzz, I'd like to hear a, a young one. Yeah, I'd have to say when I get somebody sort of young, and that could, that can be people up to their thirties <laughs> and, and older, they don't mean to stop. Yeah, uh, they come into my nursery and are showing enthusiasm for the unusual plants and things that you don't normally see around. Or even better, somebody that comes in and says, "Oh, you're growing an X Y Z and a, and a you know a snuggadootsia and you know all these things," and and they actually know what they're looking mm. at. I just want to give them a big hug. I think yes. you know, this is the next generation. Yeah, you're not to do that. You no, just I know wanted, you're not allowed no, to, but I, I but want to. We, we used to be able to do that. Yeah. I, had, I had a young man come into the flower show, um, well, it would be two years ago now, won't it? Um, mm. And he had a list, Stephen, of things that he wanted. Mm. And on there was all these frittle areas and things that he wanted to try. Yeah. And for his 10th birthday, his parents brought him up to the farm and... They said, okay, you've got a budget of $150 for his birthday. So he and I went walking around all the greenhouses looking at stuff. Well, they just stayed hanging out. They said, oh, it's it's not really us. Isn't that interesting, though, because it's not a genetic thing that's sort of Mm. been passed down from father and Mm. mother to Fabulous young man. And I had the same sort of feeling of I just want to grab you and hug you and say thank you because the world will thank you one day. Oh, yeah. These enthusiasts. So come on, if there's any young people out there... Me and tell me what you're growing. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, can I just one of the things I forgot to mention in this current issue of oh, Organic yes. Gardener magazine is um, Aquilegias. There's a fabulous article by Helen McCarroll who ah, is yes. besotted by Aquilegias, which are granny's bonnets. Mm. Uh, these most amazing flowers and you can get perennials and, and annuals mm-hmm. um, so you can grow them from seed or you can grow them by purchasing plants um, and there's about eight pages just all Goodness about me. all about yeah. aquilegias so, um, well they are a wonderful group of flowers I have to say though uh, they can be a bit naughty 
Oh, well, that's <laughs> promiscuous. <laughs> they they self sow. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But that's one of the joys. Yeah, of they do. They self sow, yeah. and they don't seem to stay with their own kind. All no, that they closely. keep crossing <laughs> yeah. all the time. So you end up with all these amazing yeah. things. It's so, a real pain, though, yeah. if you're trying to grow species no agrolegias for sale. For you. Oh, I understand. I tried that, doing that for a while, but mm-hmm. you could only grow sort of one or maybe two species, and you yeah. have to keep them well and truly away from yeah. each other. But oh. but for your average gardener, it yeah. can be quite fun to yeah. see what then comes oh, yeah. up, what nature from, throws from up. These, yeah. Yeah, from these different plants. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a, that's a really nice And it is one of those sort of old-fashioned groups of plants that are coming back into their own again. Yeah. People, people yeah. are sort of getting into some of these I, things again, which One is of the things I've enjoyed, and, and I agree with you totally about everyone getting back into the gardening, but um, it's not just edible gardening. I know quite a few people mm. who have started up mini um, cut flower businesses mm. on their half an acre or an acre and and you know they're selling the flowers locally and and um aquilegias make really good cut mm. flowers as well so you know it, there's some really nice interesting things happening in all parts um mm. that i think are positive well see a lot of the things you grow do feed the the inner man yeah but You've also got to feed the soul. Indeed. And a lot yeah. of the things Jane grows does feed that. The soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I'm a great believer in enjoying every aspect of gardening. So, yeah. yes, I have my veggie garden and I'm really, really chuffed when I grow a really good crop of garlic or whatever else. But to flower something I haven't flowered before for the first ah. time, uh, yeah. something I've raised from seed that's taken me six or seven mm. years, years to get to it get up. It, yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing feeling. It is. It's fabulous. And I always remember I had an elderly gentleman friend who lived quite near the nursery, just sort of down around the corner. In fact, you could sort of go through my back fence and across a couple of other people's properties and you'd be in his. He was sort of right mm. there. Uh, and Barney was still sowing peony seed when he was 92. Mm. And I thought, now there's the sort <laughs> there's of... ambition. Yes. Yes. Well, of course, he didn't live mm. to see any of those peonies flower, but he had the pleasure of, of sowing them. And anticipating. And, and he may have been around long enough to see them germinate and grow. Uh, mm. But I've now got one of Barney's peonies in my garden mm. that he and his daughter or not he and his daughter, his daughter and I, uh, after Barney passed away, uh, decided that we'd take some of his precious things out of the ground because they knew, we knew the property was going to be sold on yep. and that anybody who bought mm. it wouldn't appreciate some of these things. So Perinel and I went down with spades in hand uh, and dug up all sorts of precious things because Barney was a really keen plant collector. And I've got a huge big peony osteae in the garden oh. at home, which is a big single white one, and it's just gorgeous. And it's from P- Barney's last peony seed raising so every time it comes mm. into flower See, and if he hadn't have done that at 92 Stephen you wouldn't be enjoying that now yeah exactly it's that mm. what is it the old saying of plant a tree that you know you will never mm. um share the shade yeah, of or exactly. it's, um, it's like ginkgos which oh, in china yum. are called the grandfather tree yeah. because they're slow growing they don't get to full size for mm. decades mm. um and so they plant the grandfather plants a seed for the for the grandchildren, grandchildren so, yeah. and they call it the grandfather. And look, tree. I think most of us are in too much of a damn hurry. Yeah, uh, gardening is the one place where we can be slow. Yeah, the rest of our lives have, mm. have heated up. I mean, we get annoyed if we've got to wait two minutes on the li- on the line for somebody to answer our phone call or or whatever else. Um, and I can't see any reason why gardening has to be fast. I, I think. The pleasure of just watching things grow and evolving mm. and changing and all that sort of thing. That's what it's all about, I think. Yeah. So, you know, so be slow with it and enjoy it and don't worry about whether you're going to see something to maturity. I mean, particularly when it comes to your trees, I mean, most of us aren't going to see trees mm. fully mature in our lifespan, um, but we can enjoy watching them grow. 
But the more trees we plant, the better our planet will be. Yes, exactly. So, yes, and and, and plant something interesting. I mean, there's too mm. many junk trees being planted out there. Yes, we want things like ginkgos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I have to say, I have a thing about ornamental pears at the moment. I'm getting so desperately tired of them. Mm. Uh, and I mean, I know they grow fast and I know they'll grow in a whole range of soils, but they're not a particularly long-lived tree. Mm. Um, so they're, they're sort of merry there for a while and then they start losing their looks fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I just don't know. I think it's it's a bit sad that we're planting so many predictable and, and fairly ordinary things. Yeah, but I mean, it's what gets propagated and what gets, gets sold, sold into the nurseries yeah. and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and as a commercial nurseryman, I have to say, it's becoming more and more of a pain in the neck that <coughs> the wholesalers are growing more trees but fewer varieties. Yep. And it is getting harder and, that's and harder. All, and to that's source all about um, them streamlining things so that mm. they, they can make money. Yeah. It's one of the most difficult things that I find with the amount of different things that I've got. Mm. There's not enough hours in, in a day. Yeah, to and, deal with all And those people plants. may say to me, well, cut back and just do this and do this. But I don't want to because there's going to be someone out there that wants that Frillaria imperialis. Mm. And if I give up on growing these unique and special things that Mother Nature provides us, then I might as well sort of give up. Jane, you're going to be doing product instead of plants. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it's the same thing with heirloom seeds. Yeah, exactly, yes. If we've lost 95% of our heirloom seeds. Which is very sad. um, And we we need to keep growing them because otherwise we won't have those seeds that have particular phytonutrients mm. in them. So one one example is an or, or, a range of orange tomatoes that they've discovered actually have a different sort of lycopene in them to the red tomatoes, oh, which is much more absorbable. So it's not than, just about colour. So mm. it's not just about colour. It's about preserving some of these other things. So it's just really important that we keep growing these unusual things that, that we don't... The big, the big seed companies buy up the small seed companies and they just produce their F1 yeah. seeds because they get, keep getting paid for them. And it's only in the community and this really important gardening community that we can preserve our heirloom yeah. seeds. And with some seed sellers who, who just concentrate, like diggers, on, diggers, on yep. heirloom seeds. Yeah. But there are other really good ones as yeah, well. Yeah, there are. There's a number of yeah. them about, but they do need to be supported. Indeed. So that's what you, why mm. you need to be going out and buying them. And can I just answer that text message there? Someone wants to know where the Aquilegia article is. Ah. It's in the current issue of the ABC's Organic Gardener magazine that is on the newsagent's shelf now. With the um, purple and broccoli on the, the cover? It's pur- <laughs> no, it's a purple cauliflower oh, on the cover. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I only saw it, it was just yeah. making sure you yeah. knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes. Yeah, so, yes. So, if you want to learn more about aquilegias, it sounds to me like a very good article to read in. And there's quite a few of our um, perennial nurseries around where you can find a lot of uh, aquilegias and stuff now. They are coming back, as you said, into fashion, so to speak, that cottage garden sort of appeal, which is great, I think, too. I think Mm. they're a lovely little perennial. Oh, great plant and not that hard to grow. You've got some beautiful plants. Yeah, yeah, we've we've got lots of stuff. I want to know what they are. This one? Yes. Okay. I'm holding up a eucomus, or eucomus, depending on which side of the rabbit preference you're from. <laughs> yes. Um, and commonly called pineapple lily because the bloom has a little tuft of leaves on the top like a pineapple. Um, they flower naturally through the summer and in a nice, warm, sunny position in your garden and very, very drought-tolerant yeah. once established, but they also will thrive in a more moist situation as well. It's a very adaptable little bulb and very easy. 
fabulous cut flower and most of them have a fairly pleasant scent. We'll just wait and see Penny's face in a minute. Mm. Oh, no, she's okay. Good. I have a habit of doing that to people. I go, smell this, and it's like an arum or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love um, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. called practical jokes in the horticultural <laughs> exactly. world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Euconus or pineapple lilies are very, very easy to grow. So you're looking for those when they're dormant in the winter as a bulb, mm-hmm. or you may find them in some of the nurseries at the moment in a, oh, in a pot, clients, yeah. but they're probably getting to the stage where they're a bit straggly now. They'll Once, probably be on the bargain table now. Yeah, it could be. Too. Um, at a market now. <laughs> um, so uh, great for the cut flower industry as well. There are a couple of different species like bicolor that um, tends to have more of a funky smell is mm. probably the best way to, to put oh, so it. So they're not um, all... They're not all sweetly scented, mm. but this one is Camosa that I've got, which is um, probably the more common, and it, it does have that beautiful perfume. But easy peasy, put them in, mm. not a lot, just a normal bulb And food. they'll often build up into big yeah. clumps, just yeah. like the belladonna's, My they? daughter growing up called them elephant feet mm-hmm. because the bulbs are quite large and the skin get the outside skin gets a bit wrinkly and stuff so she uh, thought that yeah. elephant so skin. can you cut that flower and will it continue to open along yes it'll continue the, yeah along the they last um there's someone on instagram the other day that uh had put them up and as a cut flower inside and they were still three weeks going okay. so they will, they're long lasting, lasting cut, cut flower, flower that will keep um, opening and once Fantastic. the flowers have finished as it works its way up the stem they do then still look attractive as an ornamental seed head as well all right. Um, now, we better just mention the talkback number again because we've uh, got plenty of free lines. <laughs> um, so anybody wanted to ring in, it's 94190155. So do do that. Or the off-air line is 94198377. Um, and, the, um, there's a new text message. Oh, there's the a new top. text message. <laughs> Uh, oh, encouraging women in horticulture is having their first event for the year. Oh, I'm glad to see other people are getting back on board again and having events. Um, they're having a reconnect lunch on the 28th of February uh, at the Bay Road Cafe, um, which is in, uh, at the Bay Road Nursery, Sandringham. Uh, time to be uh, actually given. They haven't got the time just yet. Um, but if people want to email them, it's events at EWHA, E-W-H-A my eyesight's not good enough for this, uh, <laughs> .com.au to register. So obviously you'd need to register if you wanted to get involved in that. So, so that's encouraging so I, women in horticulture. Can I just mention that this is a really good organisation for mm-hmm. women who are working in the horticultural industry. So yeah. you can be a writer, you can be a grower, you can be... I mean, you probably know as much about it yep. as I do, but um, so that if you're, you can be a w- working in landscape, if you just want to connect with I take other it you women, you have to be a woman, though. <laughs> you do. Uh, yes. Technically, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, right. that's yeah. fine. That's you, fine. If you want other people to talk to, to who do the same sort of work that yeah. you do, it can be a really nice community to mm. to be yeah, able good to good networking yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. because traditionally, I think um, this industry has been male dominated. I yeah. suppose in yeah. um, the reason why it sort of began to begin with. Um, that's why the term nursery man and sort yes, of took yeah. off. Oh, yeah. that's all right. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't offend me. Yeah. I'm, I'm all good with that. Mm. Yeah, so right. it's a good organisation mm. if that's a f- the field that you're in and you would like to meet like-minded people. So it's All good. right, and we need to give out the details on the... Um, 
On the buy, swap and sell again, somebody wanted to know about it. So it's at the community centre uh, at, at Alinda, Alinda on the Alinda yep. Monbolk yep. Road. I, I think it's uh, 79 to 81, mm-hmm. Alinda Monbolk Road, Saturday the 25th at uh, 11 till 12.30. Uh, so be there or be square. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so there you go. There's the basic details for that one. Excellent. So hopefully you'll all go along to that as well. Um, Stephen, right. is it the 27th? 27th, yes, it's did next I Saturday. Did I say something else? You said 25th. Did I? Oh. But it's well, it's the next Saturday. Saturday. It's the yeah, 27th. Sorry, yes, I meant to say the 27th. Yeah. I had 27th in my mind. Obviously, my mouth has a different idea about <laughs> things sometimes. Sorry. Um, all right, we've still got plenty of lines open, so please do ring us. Um, Jane, of course, has got plenty more plants to talk yes, about. Yes, I might though. talk about um, some autumn crocus. Now, that raises all sorts of nomenclature issues. <laughs> it does, doesn't, doesn't it? it? You just cringed at me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, you, when you use the yeah. term crocus, I mean, it can be, it's sort of like lily. It's sort of one of those yes. catch-all ah, terms yes. that covers so, so many So what things. we're talking about today is a colchicum. So yeah. they are erroneously called autumn crocus. It's mm. not a crocus. Um, but it does resemble a crocus flower, although most are a lot larger mm-hmm. than a crocus flower. And naturally flowering from now through to the end of autumn. And they're another one of those things called naked can, ladies. Yes. yes. So they, they flower without their um, foliage as well. But during the winter, they have some amazing sort of glossy green foliage. They're yeah. quite lovely in the garden through the winter. And then that dies down at the end of winter and next autumn up the flowers come again. It's one of the things that is quite easy in that warm I remember situation. as a 10-year-old... Believe it or not, mm-hmm. I can remember that that far. <laughs> I can remember having some colchicum bulbs in the garden in our family home up at Mount Massett when I was a very small child, and the leaves kept coming up, and I kept waiting for the flowers. <laughs> You'd <laughs> missed them? I missed yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, it took me years to link those mauve flowers with those it's big leaves. green leaves yeah. because some of them have such huge leaves it seems completely disproportionate mm. to what you had as, as flowers. Yeah. And so I do remember it being one of those plants that had me sort of completely bamboozled mm. as a youngster. I mean, a 10-year-old, you can sort mm-hmm. of understand that. Um, for quite some time, it took ages to sort of link the two together. But they're an amazing um, little plant. So yeah. native to the Mediterranean. Yeah. Um, so they like that warm climate. So some, if you've got a nice sunny spot in the garden, they're perfect. So where you're growing your belladonnas and nerines and mm. those sort of things. Um, not to be confused with our crocus sativus, which is the saffron, saffron crocus. crocus. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Don't collect the stamens <laughs> off this one. Because no, it's, yes, poisonous. it's very yeah. poisonous. It contains, these ones contain culturecine, which mm. is... Uh, um, Poison, but they've also found that it has medicinal purposes as well. In as a lot of poisons do, yes. in the right mm-hmm. quantity. Yeah. Um, gout medications and things like that, they use colchicine in. Um, so it's something worth looking up if you can um, have a Google or uh, look at colchicum rather than typing in autumn crocus yeah, because get all they sorts are of not. Things. Yeah, they are not a true crocus. Yeah. There but are proper crocus that do flower, yeah. like sativus, through the autumn mm. and the tournafortes and things like that. Mm. But and then there's things like sternbergias, which yes. are another genus again. Yes, which sometimes which is called a yellow crocus and it's not. Um, so there's lots of different autumn flowering things that you can uh, get hold of out there, and colchicum is just one of my favourite mm. um, genus because there is um, so many of them to yeah. collect now yeah. uh, and there's a brand new book out 
Oh, oh they've finally, finally written a book on um, colchicum so that we can make sure that we're identifying mm. things a little bit easier because it's, it's been some years um, waiting. So yeah. it, We have Anne online, who we must go in and say hello to, who can tell us how to book online for the Fernie Creek event. Anne, are you there? Anne? Did I get the right... No, I didn't. There we go. Anne, are you there? Anne? Woo! Good morning, Anne. I've got an awful feeling I might have cut Anne and off. off. Maybe Anne might ring back. Yes, I apologise if I've done that. It looks mm. as if she's still there. Yeah, it's, it's odd. So. I don't quite know what's going on. But anyhow, Anne, you there? No? Don't know what's going on okay. there. All right. Um, all right. Uh, well, and if you could, if you can hear us, um, give yeah, us a buzz give us back. Give another try. Um, I don't know what happened there. Um, in the meantime, we have Andrea online. Are you there, Andrea? Yes, I'm here. Ah, good. I got Andrea anyway. Now, how can we help you, dear? Okay, so I am looking for a narrow sort of tall growing plant that would dry, would grow alongside my driveway. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a neighbour who doesn't like trees and doesn't want anything overhanging his mm-hmm. side, which is... Can't you know, pick garden. your neighbours. No, yeah, then the next, there's no fence there. Um, and I've heard you talking about, you know, trying to stay away from capital pairs, which are everywhere in my area too. Yep. So I guess I'm looking for a recommendation um, of something else that could grow that's not going to upset my neighbour by growing too wide. And um, if you, know, you were to plant something deciduous like a pear, are we going to get into trouble with the neighbour for leaf yes. shed? <laughs> well, yeah, he 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 may not like that my mm. my tree overhanging his side. Well, at you do all, know leaves will blow though, so even if yeah. you know, even if I your tree's staying on your side, the leaves won't. Yeah, look, I think it's not the least. Mm. Um, I know they've removed a couple of trees. Um, they talked about having a view of the street and nothing obstructing their view. And um, he doesn't like spiders and this, so he's a bit scared. Of I think he should get a nine-storey flat somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, well, I'll make him a suggestion or two and then um, perhaps um, Penny or Jane might have some ideas as well. Uh, oh, what area are you in? I'm in Blackburn North. In Blackburn North, all right. Um, if I was looking for a fairly small upright tree that's quite manageable and isn't going to grow terribly wide and doesn't make an awful lot of mess, uh, there's a lovely Chilean tree called Azara, A-Z-A-R-A. Um, it's quick growing. Um, Azara mm-hmm. microphylla is the one that you've got to look for, uh, and it has tiny little dark green, evergreen leaves on it. It's quite upright. Uh, it certainly isn't going to grow mm-hmm. any wider, in fact, even as wide as your average upright pear mm-hmm. would. Um, mm-hmm. uh, its flowers are inconspicuous. You won't notice the flowers visually, but when it comes out, mm-hmm. and it normally flowers around about August, early September, has the most wonderful vanilla fragrance that wafts around the garden, mm-hmm. which might or might not I'm annoy the next neighbour. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay, thank you. So, Azara microphylla is, is a definite possibility. I mean, its leaves are tiny, so although evergreens will shed some foliage as well, they're unlikely mm-hmm. to make much mess. So, I would have mm-hmm. thought it would be quite a clean little tree. 
Okay, and can you plant a few of them sort of alongside each oh, other? Oh, yeah, to yeah. I've, I've sold them for sort of boundary plantings and things. Now, they're not going to grow so dense as to make like no. a, a hedge because they're no, sort of airy and light. Yes, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. So if I was going to plant that and I wanted them to sort of touch each other, I'd probably plant them at two and a half, maybe three metre spacings as a, as a maximum, and that way they'll okay. all grow gently into each other and make quite a nice sort of effect. Not blocky's uh, view okay. too much. Yeah. So, okay, thank you. So that's that's an idea. So is Zara Microphyla, can you think of anything, Pen? Um, look, I was thinking about, about climbers and yeah. whether it's worth putting up, you know, a, a frame and... Having something that's a climber that you can sort of cut back quite hard. Um, and I guess the other thing and something I've seen done really well is Espalier fruit trees, yes. um, which can be – but you need to know what you're doing. And you also no. need to have the neighbour on side if you're going to, to put yeah. it along the boundary line yeah. so that at least you yeah. can manage from both, both sides. sides. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you leave it up to him, he'll just cut it all yeah. back and destroy yeah. it. yeah. That's right. Yeah, and I think it needs to be something I can manage on my on own. Your side. I, yeah. 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 So I, I, I'd, I'd still come back to the azara as a possibility. Mm. It's also quite a quick growing little tree. Uh, I know okay. I sold some to a lady in sort of Mooney Ponds area about eighteen months mm. ago, and they were in eight-inch mm. pots or twenty-centimeter pots. They would have only been sort of probably 20 centimetres or a little taller. Uh, and I mm. went and visited her garden two or three weeks ago and they were already, you know, sort of up above chest height and they'd only been wow, in about 12 great. months. Yeah. Lovely. And where were they? Are they readily available? Uh, look, I sell them at my nursery uh, at the risk of making a, a, a <laughs> an ad out of this. Um, it's not one of those plants that you're going to see everywhere, but if you ask around yeah. a wee bit, it's not a rare, rare plant. So, Stephen, you need to say where you are. Not oh, well, I'm knows. at Mount Macedon. So Dixonia rare plants yeah. Yeah. up at Mount Macedon. Yeah, so that's, that's where I am. Okay. And I'm all going bright red now and embarrassed about all this. Oh, he he actually is right. going bright red. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but on your side of town, you might try your Mina rare plants up yeah. at Monbulk as a mm. possibility. Um, Peter up there might have some Azara microphylas for sale, mm. unless you want to get a cup lunch and a visa and come out and see me at some stage. Yeah, a day trip. A day trip, yes. A day There's trip lots of other um, gardens and things in Macedon that are worth a Like the Dandenongs, you could come up, you could go and visit one or two of our open gardens, you yeah. could get a nice lunch. Uh, Support the locals yeah. by, yeah, getting yeah. lunch and doing it. We've got a couple of nice wineries up in the area that have restaurants. As okay, well. I'm coming um, too. Yes. <laughs> we probably need to get to All a right. couple uh, of calls. Oh, gosh, they're coming in yeah. like mad now. So I hope that's helped, Andrea. Thank you so much. That's a pleasure. It'll help me stay away from the capital pairs. <laughs> Good on All you. right, thanks. Bye. So we talked to Bye. Anne, maybe first. Uh, oh, oh, oops, pressed the wrong button. All right, so... Line eight, because she's tried to get through. Ah, yes. Is that you, Anne? Hello. Hello. Ah, Anne. Hello. I've had all amounts of trouble getting through to 3CR this morning. Uh, it's probably all my fault, I'm Anne. I'll take the blame. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm quite angry. Oh, However, to get to the point, uh, I'm interested in going... To the Fernie Creek. Ah, you want to go up to Fernie Creek, so you need to know how to book. Uh, what I want to say is, 
I'll be coming with my sister and brother when we were children after our mother died. We used to play detectives and we've been given nothing but harassment from some people since. Mm. And it's about time they woke up to themselves. They're a blooming disgrace. However, to get back to Fernie Creek, yes, we do intend to come. Yeah. We will make a donation of some sort and we will come back with souvenirs. Can you please tell me? Can you please kindly tell me? What date is it? Okay, um, it, and it's on the 6th and 7th of March and it runs from 10am to 4pm on both of those days and the address is 100 Hilton Road in the beautiful Sassafras. Um, and in the beautiful what? Up in Sassafras. All right. Yes, when we were children, we used to go for holidays up that way once a year. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be taking you back to your youth. Well, I don't need to go there to get back to my youth. <laughs> Fair enough, Anne. Uh, you said something about booking online. I hate computers and I wouldn't have one if you gave one to me. So I've got my reasons for this. You learn much better without them, whatever your skills might be, reading, writing, arithmetic or whatever, in my opinion. Yes, but unfortunately uh, it means you can't book to go to the Fernie Creek. Yeah, so um, we might see if we can find a phone number for you, Anne, and we'll broadcast it over air if we can find one, so you could try ringing. Would that help? That would help enormously. All right, we'll leave it with us and we'll see if we can find it. Jane's madly going through a phone. Have you got my number? uh, I think they'll have your number off air. Uh, but we will mention it over the air anyway, so if you keep listening, if we do manage to find a phone number, because we've only got five minutes to go, so we better get on. Yeah, otherwise I will ring Anne um, after the show All right, when I get home and let her know how she can do it. All right, fantastic. All right, I hope that helps, Anne. All right, we better move thank, along, thank though. Thank you so much. That's a pleasure. All right, bye-bye. Right, now we've got Ken... On line seven from Sunshine. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, everybody, and what a wonderful program, and Happy New Year. Thank you, Ken. Another another voice from the past. We're glad to hear from you. (laughs) I listen to you every Sunday. Good. I don't miss. It's my church. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, dear. Look, I, I, I planted years ago, my wife found pencil pines Mm -hmm. between the neighbours, and... I said, oh, I don't want that, it's not Australian. Well, I found out a few weeks ago they're Australian and they are absolutely fantastic and they're, they don't overgrow in the neighbour's place and they just grow straight up. So are we talking about one of the calitra species or something like that? Because it's yes, obviously not yes. the, the normal pencil pine which comes from the Mediterranean. Yes, uh, well, this comes from Australia. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they are. And they're I very don't handsome know the trees. Name of it. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the colitris or colitris species, and there are a couple of quite narrow ones. Um, and if I were looking for something like that, I would get in touch with one of the Australian native plant nurseries, like Karanga Nursery um, at Mount Evelyn. They they would be able to put you in the right direction as far as an Australian native alternative to a pencil pine. Yeah, and and uh, well, it's, that's what I've got, and it's, um, I found out it was Australian, and it, it's lovely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So no one's ever complained. Anyway, thanks very much, and it's good to have you all back. Well, we're, thank we're you. pleased to be back, Ken, and thank you for uh, ringing in. And, and thanks for the recommendation. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, just while you're busy there, Stephen, yeah. I've got a number for the Ferny Creek Horticultural Society. Oh, well done, Jane. So nine seven five five one eight eight two. So nine seven double five one double eight two. That's for the Horticultural Society. Um, and this is for Anne, who yes, this is for Anne. Yes, not wanting to book through the website, yeah. which well, is. Which is fair enough. It is. I mean, we do tend to forget the people that we're leaving behind that don't have the wish or the technical skills to deal with that sort of thing. So what's... all right, okay. so what have we got? Steve, uh, Stephen's trying to read the I text message. I can't read the text message. All right, we've got uh, Vicky and Peter from Notting Hill. Uh, we have a Dombea... We bought a flowering branch to the Plant Trust meeting a couple of years ago. Our tree is planted 15 years ago and five main trunks are absolutely covered in dark pink flowers. Uh, We also have, oh, they also have the Mexican hat plant, the name of which I can hardly even pronounce, five five metres high with 100 flowers on it. And they're basically ringing up to Skype, I think. (laughs) Well, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, and and to also mention that they're uh, enjoying the show. So that's always nice. So that's really good. Um, We'll probably have to leave it more or less there, I should think. Um, The troops have come in to help me close (laughs) off the program. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd like to thank Jane. I'd like to thank Penny. I'd like to thank the crew that have all been out there making sure that the calls have come through and we'll catch up with well I'll catch up with everybody in a fortnight next week we've got Virginia I think coming along to run this panel and we will catch up with you at some point again, thank you
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.